Tons of great NFL action week four Sunday. Buffalo Bills beating up on little brother Dolphins after the Dolphins uh, gave that treatment to somebody else the week before. Some young quarterbacks making strides but fumbling away games late and a couple of teams rolling now in the NFC as well. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Love the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. I want to start early morning, Matt, 630 a.m. <laughs> Pacific time. There was a game going on in London. Uh, I slept through the first half of the game, caught up on some of the particulars that happened in that Jaguars win early in the game. It was a, 23 to 7 win for the Jacksonville Jaguars over the Falcons in London. But what I want to focus on here is something that the league is doing with that that Toy Story game because I'm at I'm out of town, I'm at the in-laws. They did have Disney Plus, so I sat on the couch with my 5-year-old son and <laughs> I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. He watched more of a single NFL game of football than he ever has because of this. So I thought that was really cool. And guess what happened later on? Cousins came over. We're in the backyard. We're throwing around the football. They were jazzed about football. So as far as you and I viewing this game, that's not the way we want to watch it. But just the technology of it, I was pretty blown away. It looked really cool. It looked like a, a video game I would enjoy playing. And and for my son to be more enthralled with the with the game, I'm all for it hundred percent. And, you know, in, I would like to have it more accessible to watch the real version in some of these, you know, special games that they're doing, you know, they're doing the Nickelodeon stuff. So growing the game, I love it. Get, get five-year-olds jazzed about football because otherwise like my son knows what the 49ers are because I do a 49ers podcast every day. We're in San Francisco. Um, there's, we walk to school every day in the morning and there's a, in one of the, uh, you know, the red parking zones, just the, the painted curb red, someone painted a 49ers logo. And every day on the way to school, Leo sees the 49ers logo. He says, 49ers, 49ers, and he points it out, right? But he doesn't care to watch actual football. This is the most football he's ever watched. So uh, I give it an A+. plus. The technology, it, it was it was really cool. I watched about two plays of it. So <laughs> I think that is cool. So my kids this weekend did high school homecoming dances and whatever trouble they got into afterwards. Like, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. So different world. The cops didn't show up to the Williams house, did they? Well, not to our house, but they, <laughs> there was rumors that there might've been some involvement somewhere along the line, whatever, such as oh, life. Man. We've all been there. Yes. Um, but I have a nephew that's somewhere between my son's age and your son's age. 
and he loved the Nickelodeon one four or five years ago or whatever. And that like hooked him into football. Now he watches all the time, you know, and he's, he plays flag football and all that. So I think it's a great thing. Meanwhile, my 17 year old is like, boy, this, uh, Toy Story thing is so dumb. Why would they do it? I'm like, if you were four, you would have eaten this up. You and I right. watched Cars 9,000 times in a row. You would watch this over and over and over. And back then, he didn't have something. So Sunday, basically for the last 11 years or so, my 17-year-old has sat with me, and it's great for the last seven years. But the first 10 years while I'm working, he's at, what's the first down? What's this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to work here, son. You know, so right. <laughs> we've all kind of been there. You know, how yeah. did we learn the game? And I would love for them to even add even more elements of teaching what the game is and slow down the play by play a little bit, because if you're already into football, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. And so I like that it exists as an option along with the the real game. Right. And and of course, so, you know, it's cool. Uh, I wasn't sure about how I felt about it until I saw my son liking it. And I was like, okay, cool. It's for somebody. I don't know what the age range and maybe it's five Mm -hmm. to five to 10, but that's okay too. If that's all it is, you know, if it's just for the kids in this certain age range or, or people, uh, you know, find the game for the first time. And we got Swifties finding the game for the first time. Stay, exactly. Taylor Smith's fans trying to figure out NFL football. So uh, yeah, look, yeah, it right. helps us if there's more potential listeners to our podcast, right, Matt? Absolutely. So <laughs> all the avenues and they're so smart about it. And this game was in London. Um, real quick on this game. The Falcons can't play from behind. Ritter's a problem. You know, this game's 17-0 at the half. The Jags are probably going to win it unless they screw it up. They, you know, Lawrence didn't have to do a lot. Bijan looks incredible. But the Falcons can beat bad teams if they play their way. Otherwise, I think they're in trouble. It might be Heineke time soon. Yeah, and uh, I like Algier as a change of pace guy, but I, I yeah, think they yeah. – I'll, they got to dial back that usage. You have to build the offense around Bijan Robinson, and then you got to go play action, try to hit some plays with with some of your receivers, and because the, the passing games, like I think Johnu Smith was the leading receiver for your for your team, right? right? right. Six for ninety five. That that's not going to cut it, and, and maybe it's just a Ritter thing, and we'll see what Ritter ends up looking like because you know some young quarterbacks take some time. We'll talk about year three guys here in a minute. Um, don't like the direction the Jacksonville Jaguar or the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. They're both two and two. I, I think one of those teams clearly better, you know, traveling across the pond probably doesn't help for the, for the Falcons either, but mm-hmm. you got to just, you got to lean into the the offense with Bijan Robinson and then feature everything else around that and on top of it. Yeah. And it's going to be a tough spot for them, but they have a pretty easy schedule. So they'll probably beat up on some bad teams and get to eight wins or something along those lines. So uh, on the the Chiron here on the side, the the bullet points, I've got the Bills, Dolphin, the Dolphins. We saw the Dolphins drop 70 on a team last week. The Buffalo Bills probably feeling themselves a little bit. Roll in at 3-0 into Buffalo, and the Buffalo Bills thumped the Dolphins much the same way that the Dolphins thumped the Broncos last week. 48-20, to Josh Allen, uh, touchdowns galore. Stephon Diggs, 120 yards receiving. Three of those four touchdown passes from Josh Allen in this one, and kind of reminded everybody yeah this this is still our division right now yeah very very impressive i mean at least as impressive what that than what miami did last week considering the opponent mm-hmm. i mean it's 31 to 14 at the half and you're just asserting your dominance as you said did a, a nice job taking away the middle of the field for miami's passing game as much as you possibly can really good game plan really strong coaching staff stefan Diggs let the world know that hey i'm an elite player myself and Josh Allen's back to, I don't say challenging Pat Mahomes, but he's 
maybe asserted himself as the second best quarterback on the planet. He's really taken it up a notch too. Yeah. And, and that's the, we saw the bad Josh Allen earlier this year, throwing mm-hmm. multiple picks. This is the good Josh Allen. And uh, that, that was a lot of fun to watch in this game. And, and it's not to say that the dolphins can't hang, but you went to their building. They got you. So we'll see an opportunity for the dolphins to try to get him back a little bit later on in the season. But that that's going to be fun. I think at the top of that division right now, three and one dolphins, three and one bills uh, bills have the edge right now winning the head-to-head matchup. Uh, a chain though, still going 101 yards and two touchdowns on eight carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and we've seen this a lot with the, the Kyle Shanahan running game, and, and it's definitely happening now with the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel. It's uh, it's a big play running game. It's that outside zone, that stretch. When you get a gap, then you can really hit teams. And it's not so much a, we're going to get three and four yards, five yards every single time. It's a two, three, 20, one, two. So it's a really big yeah. play running game. And, uh, and, you need to be able to move the sticks on top of it. And if you can, then you're, then you're rolling, but it was tough in this one just because uh, what the bills were able to do on offense. No doubt. Super quick story. No, I know. And no one cares about everyone's fantasy league, but I've been in my buddy's fantasy leagues basically since high school. So it's been 30 years and last week, waiver wires come around and a Chan, you know, he changed his name. He's a Chan now. He's not. A oh, Chan. is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's going to yeah. be hard for me, man. Once, once it's ingrained. I know. Okay. Brutal. A Chan. Okay. So we get a hundred fab dollars a year and I hadn't spent any yet. I put 81 on a Chan, which was like double the world record in 30 years of waiver wire claims. And now everyone's <laughs> like, man, I should have put 82 on, you know, <laughs> he might get broken nice. half next week, but that's the way it goes, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta splurge. You gotta get that difference maker on your fantasy football roster. But uh, yeah, again, that, that big play running game still working, even in a loss for the Miami Dolphins. Next, uh, we've got Broncos Bears. It might have been the Caleb Williams Bowl there. Very interesting ending to that game. And actually, that was a, it was an entertaining one and uh, a, kind of a similar vibe, although a different opponent for the Jets on Sunday night football as well. And our biggest takeaways from week four coming at you next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you do is you go to the place where job seekers already are, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. You go to your LinkedIn profile for your small business. You add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile, and it spreads the word that you're hiring. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Here we go, Matt. Looking at some of the rest of the schedule here. I want to go, I want to fast forward to Sunday night really quick because okay. this was a wild game. Uh, the Jets yeah. get down early and you think, well, that one's over. Like, f- go to bed, do whatever, f- finish whatever business you have to do on a Sunday night. Don't stay up late, East Coasters, because the Jets are going to lose this game and the season's getting away from them and things are going bad. And suddenly, 
good Zach Wilson shows up and, and bad Patrick Mahomes shows up. Like this was a fascinating game and it was down to the wire. And we could talk about officiating some of these things. We've already got questions uh, for this week's mailbag on, on those subjects. But one costly Zach Wilson fumble and the Jets never got the ball back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes scrambling to victory after a pretty poor game, 18 of 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Zach Wilson outplaying him in this one, 28 of 39, 245 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Obviously, the big fumble really hurt on that shotgun snap. Um, mm. But really good signs for the Jets that they'll be competitive if they can get Zach Wilson. Maybe he turned a corner confidence-wise. And even though they lost this football game, I I came away impressed with Zach Wilson, and maybe he'll look like the old Zach Wilson next week. What did you think about this one on Sunday night with the Chiefs and the New York Jets? Yeah, highly entertaining. I mean, I think when we previewed it Friday, I said something like, Chiefs are going to win by 40. All we're going to talk about is Taylor Swift. You know, blah, blah, you know get on with it. And <laughs> I'll be working the whole time through it or whatever. But Mahomes wasn't really sharp. I didn't see a lot of wide open receivers and he had some bad picks give the jets defense some credit it's still a really good group that can be hard to play against kansas city ran the ball to keep their head above water for most of the game and frankly who do you want to see on the last drive of the game less than mahomes and of course him and the chiefs proved that they can put teams away the jets aren't to that point yet but i don't know how you don't look at this as a positive for the jets and especially zach wilson i mean he looked much, much more comfortable as the game went on against a very good defense. And they actually got the ball in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall's hands and some other guys made plays for them too. Yeah, there might still be some life for your for those yeah. folks who drafted Garrett Wilson high thinking Aaron Rodgers and a Hall of Famer is going to be throwing passes to him. Uh, and and j- nearly missed another touchdown as well for, for Garrett Wilson in that one. I, I thought it was really interesting that the way the Jets played the Chiefs, and I, I guess not every team can play them this way because the Jets have some good players back there, but they said, we're going to man up on you because we believe our DBs are better than your receivers. And, you know, Travis Kelsey aside, on the outside, that was pretty true. And I, and I thought that was a fantastic job by the Jets to do that. To do that. Now, it turned out to be a Isaiah Pacheco game, and they were still mm-hmm. able to run on him. 20 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown there for Pacheco. A really good game for him. A couple of catches as well. But it was that man coverage that did him in in the end with your back to Patrick Mahomes and yeah. him scrambling for just back-breaking plays to end it and not giving – the Jets the ball back and you know the better team won here in the end in the Kansas City Chiefs but it was entertaining and, and just really good signs for Zach Wilson but again it's it's the big mistakes for the young quarterbacks it's like okay you can play a really good game but there's going to be a lot of three-point games for you in the NFL and you can't fumble that away and that's right. in the end still what Zach Wilson did but probably the Wolves called off a little bit in that New York market for people just not wanting to see any more Zach Wilson he he has a little bit more life there for the Jets. Exactly. And you said that really well, maybe copy and paste it for Justin Fields, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the next you know? one I wanted to talk about because okay, yeah. Justin Fields had maybe his best start as well as a passer in the NFL. There's one throw from Justin Fields that I want to highlight because it's everything that he hasn't been so far in the NFL. A rusher in his face, not bailing out, not taking a sack, getting the ball out. He had an interesting arm angle, throws it into tight coverage with some anticipation, hits DJ Moore on this play. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's a Justin Fields we haven't really seen. Playing with confidence, playing with timing, even with the rush in his face. 
Uh, Justin Fields throwing for 330, was it 335 yards? At one point, he was perfect, 16 of 16, I think, uh, and, and maybe even better than that. But 28 of 35 passing in the end, 335 passing yards, four touchdowns, but the late interception to end it and the the fumble before that, the really bad, you can't fumble the ball away, you know, just b- bad pocket awareness. Uh, it was a rollout play. You, you, exactly yeah. like Zach Wilson, you have your best game throwing the ball. Everyone hates you. you. It might be your last opportunity to start this season. It's, things are going so bad for you in your city with your team. And you play your best game and then still fumble it away at the end. So heartbreaking there for Bears fans, for Jets fans, for Fields fans, for Zach Wilson fans. And if I didn't, I didn't watch every snap, but if people were glued to this game, it was a total roller coaster because Denver scored first, the Bears scored the next 28, and then Denver scored the next 24. I mean, like, <laughs> it's one of the biggest comebacks in history. And it's, you know, Sean Payton's first win as a Bronco. Good for him. And Bears fans probably agree, also owning the Panthers' first pick, that losing uh, – maybe the ideal situation is something along these lines, is your franchise quarterback gets good enough that you don't want to replace him at the end of the year – but you have two picks in the top four, and one of them is, you know, the left tackle from Penn State, and one of them is, you know, Marvin Harrison's kid. And like, okay, yeah. not, you know, something. Oh, like you're, that, you you're, know. you're, someone's trading you three, four first round picks, four yeah. picks. future and, picks, and, and defensive tackles, and right. With the Carolina Panthers loss right now, Chicago Bears would have the first and second picks in the NFL draft. And I don't see that changing drastically. I don't think so. And it, this might have been, when you look back, the, the biggest factor in who gets the first pick in the draft, uh, the, Bears oh, yeah. and the Broncos. And uh, maybe some Broncos fans might say, eh, you know, we we kind of didn't need to come back in that one. <laughs> but I'm sure Sean Payton wanted to get that monkey off his back and get his first NFL or his first, uh, not his first NFL wins. He got a lot of those, his first win with the Broncos. And they're, these, these, place, these teams are in different spots, though. Payton, Judy, Wilson, you know, like, they're a little prouder, been around the block. Zero and 17, I don't know, is great for the Broncos. You know what I mean? Get like, Peyton some wins. This might – and I, I don't, I don't want to – this kind of disrespectful to Fields because he played well, but mm-hmm. it's almost worse giving up 335 passing yards and four touchdowns to Justin Fields, the pocket quarterback, yeah. than the 70 points they gave up <laughs> last week to the Miami Dolphins. Like that, great That's point. a problem with that Denver Broncos defense. Might be the worst defense in the NFL. Their defensive coordinator and the Steelers' offensive coordinator, their seats might be molten lava right now. They they will not they will not be coaching those same units next year. No, and maybe not week eighteen. <laughs> this year. Uh, about your Steelers, Kenny Pickett. Oh, what's the what's the uh, what's the injury report on him? First of all, because I, things could not be more disastrous for the start, the first four games, right? The first you know quarter of the season about for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett playing bad, and then now having an injury on top of it, losing to the Houston Texans, who we thought would be in that bowl for the first pick in the NFL draft. Now the Texans have the same record as the Steelers now, and, and really thumped them, Matt, thirty to six with without their top five. Six, seven offensive linemen. Unbelievable. So studying the Texans going into this, I really thought that Jacksonville lost in week three more than Houston won. And I don't regret saying that because that was my impression of that game. 
but I might be selling the Texans and especially Stroud and Nico Collins and their coaching staff and Will Anderson, who I know you'd love, and their building blocks. I may have sold them a little short. I had good things to say about them, but I thought, ah, the Steelers pass rush will win this game. I picked the Steelers to win in 2010. Texans dominated what is now a bad football team. I mean, I, I do some other local podcasts, and I really have nothing – good to say about where the Steelers are at on both sides of the ball. I mean, if their defense doesn't get pressure, they get gouged and the offense is an utter disaster. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, uh, and to not be able to get more, I, I don't know if it's, if it's, I mean, cause Stroud's off to a, a crazy it's start, 1200 passing yards in four weeks and no interceptions. I mean, you just don't oh. see this. So one of the things that you just have to be excited about if you're a Texans fan is man, got cornerstones in this draft. And you have sound schemes on both sides of the ball. When's the last sure. time you had that? They played. I don't know how much you said. You didn't say this game like I didn't. No one did in the planet. Probably that wasn't employed. <laughs> Texans came in this game with one starting offensive lineman, Shaq Mason. They were on their fourth and fifth offensive tackles. They lost their left tackle through the game as well as Kendrick green, who the Steelers gave away for a bag of chips and still TJ Watt, et cetera gouged in the run game and didn't sack Stroud once. I mean, a lot of that is coaching. Absolutely. Um, speaking of coaching, there's some well-coached teams that are that are rolling right now in the NFL, and the San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, the only two unbeatens left. The Cowboys thumped another football team as well. What to make of them next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And now that we're into October, I'm sure you've had the opportunity to think about how you feel about these football teams in the 2023 NFL season. So now's the time to snap into action during this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. No matter what happens with that first $5 bet, you get $200 in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. Uh, the app is super easy to use. It's safe. A wide-ranging ways of betting on NFL football. Spreads, player props, over-unders, build your own parlays. It's so fun. And, of course, not just NFL football either. Uh, any number of sporting events. Uh, and you can get in the weeds with just NFL bets, too, with futures and uh, award winners. And it's so much fun. Find exactly what you think you have the edge on now that you know what's going on here in the 2023 season. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this October NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, I want to go next, Matt, to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. 38-3 to win over the New England Ooh. Patriots. And, you know, they were favored at home against the Pats for a reason. They weren't favored by 35 points, but they were favored. Uh, is this the sort of just the ebb and flow of an NFL season where it's a reaction to the Cowboys saying, how the heck did we lose to the Cardinals? Let's just go thump the heck out of the next team we play because we're better than them and just kind of lean on them a little bit. That's what it felt like with the Dallas Cowboys. And now they haven't really beaten a great opponent yet this year. Niners Cowboys prime time next week will be a very interesting mm, one, wow, but yeah. it's hard for me to figure out exactly where this Cowboys team is because they're beating up on the teams. They should be the for their three wins. They haven't had uh, a tough schedule as of yet. 
but then they have the one really ugly loss against one of the teams they should have beaten. And, and really, this should be a team that's 4-0, but they're not. So I, I, don't, I don't really know what to make of them right now. So I believe Dallas's ownership and coaching staff, head coach in particular, and maybe Dak's ability, you know, the turnovers over the last 20 games or so, are going to breed some inconsistency with this team, some lack of trust. But their talent is overwhelming. And I said after they lost the Cardinals, I still think they win that game eight or nine, ten times out of ten. It's just a, a one-off. You know, if it's a five-game series in baseball and you win four of the five, no one really cares about the one. No offense to Arizona. Everything I said about the Steelers is even worse than about the Patriots. I mean, this was Belichick's worst margin of defeat in his 29 years of coaching. They're horrendous. I, I don't know what they're good at. And then Matthew Judon could be out for the year, too. They're a bottom feeder now. They are. And we've never seen, yeah. even with the roster in really bad shape for the New England Patriots, we haven't seen them bottom out yet. Right. And it's hard for me to believe that they're going to have less than seven, eight wins because they just always do. But they're on that path, and they don't look that much better on offense, even with Bill O'Brien, that, that we, we we thought there would be, you know, okay, Bill's going to coach up the defense. They're going to be much better on offense, and they're going to be the, you know, a, a tough They'll team to play highly against. competitive, yeah. Right. They have not been that yet. No. And they, frankly, they don't have a particularly talented team, which I do blame Belichick for. Mm -hmm. But that's not okay. You know I mean? Like, my theory of – Tomlin, Belichick, et cetera, et cetera, can never bottom out and get like top five picks. Might get challenged this year. <laughs> How maybe, about the, yeah? Uh, I, I, we got to move on to a couple of games real quick to finish this up. Uh, I, I want to go to Philadelphia, where how about the Washington Commanders forcing overtime against the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles in their house at Philadelphia? The Eagles did win it in overtime to improve to four and zero, but. The Eagles at 4-0 and are just narrowly getting by teams where we look at the San Francisco 49ers are just thumping the heck out of everybody with a 35-16 win over the Arizona Cardinals. So what are your thoughts on the two unbeatens right now in the NFL? The 49ers who handled their business at home against the Cardinals and who and the Philadelphia Eagles who narrowly got by the Washington Commanders. I hope this doesn't screw you up, but I want to kind of lump the Ravens in there too because they destroyed the Browns. Yes, with the backup quarterback. And why I wanted to bring up the Ravens is the Ravens and Eagles remind me of each other in that I don't think either team is playing their best ball. You know, like Lamar made like a handful of great plays, but the offense is still finding itself against a really good Browns defense, and they benefited from, you know, a backup quarterback. The Eagles are really, really good, and they know how to win this league, but they're not quite the juggernaut we know they can become. And I mean this as the greatest compliments to those two coaching staffs in Baltimore and Philadelphia, where if you're winning, in their case, seven out of eight games without your fastball, and the fastball's probably coming, mm, the best sh probably is yet to come for those teams. And Baltimore's dealt with a ton of injuries. It, it, well, it, it also, I, I think it is a good sign in some ways, because you kind of look at it both ways with both mm -hmm. of those teams. And I'm actually glad you lumped them in because – when they are playing their best ball, then look out right? too. And so they've been able to win without playing their best ball, which means that maybe it's going to be a problem later, but maybe also they're just going to be that much better later and battle tested. Yeah. I mean, I'm being optimistic that, Oh, it's only going to get better. And I hate when people say that we'll be, we'll definitely be healthier than we were last year. I mean, bad things happen all the time. I mean, there's yeah. awful things on the horizon for all these teams.
<laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, you're, terrible, you're yeah. unlikely to be more healthy in the second half than you are in the first half, even though you know might, you might have some bad injury luck early. Maybe there's one impact player that you know you're going to get back, but in a lot of cases, you're not more uh, you're you're not healthier in December than you are to start October. I mean, Lamar hasn't finished the season in like three years. You know, right? I mean, you know, Speaking of December, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. He we don't know what what we have. When's the last time we saw Lamar play a game in December? 2020. I don't think he's played week 18 in three years or something. Yeah. But good for the commanders, by the way. I yes. think this is actually makes the bills look better that the bills smothered the commanders. And I was kind of high on Washington. I actually picked them in that game against Buffalo. Not a good pick, but maybe <laughs> they're not so bad. And they just got killed by Buffalo and Buffalo pretty much killed the dolphins. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to, to look at it for sure. And your Niners are great, by the way. I wasn't avoiding that. Well, yeah. A.J. Brown going on nine, what was it, nine catches for uh, for 175 and a couple of touchdowns. Bad mm-hmm. late penalty, which you don't want to have. But um, uh, the, ni- yeah, the Niners are rolling. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. I, I think we might have a – look, I – Might be MVP, dude. This is what's tough for me. I, I think he's MVP of the league through four weeks, Christian McCaffrey. And I do, too. I they, apologize for interrupting, but I would have voted for Tyreek 48 hours ago. So I'm yes. not objecting not going to a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And I think McCaffrey is now that guy. And, and we don't have a quarterback running away with things right now either, mm. which helps. But 25 touches a game. We're talking about December, this is a running back, right? And so I, I look at this and I'm like, well, Oh, I see what you're saying. You're probably like, why does he sit out the whole fourth quarter? And meanwhile, every week, and like, I, league, yeah. every week, and just like, okay, half, like, and I, this was the, the 49ers really featured, um, the receiving portion of his game, which I love, and that's where that extra value is. Take away half of those battering ram carries, right? Late carries when you're up. Use somebody else as a closer. Utilize Christian McCaffrey to put points on the board. Utilize him in the passing game. Keep the dude healthy because he's he's so fun, and it's such a perfect match with Kyle Shanahan in that offense, and, and there's so many weapons that you can't really just say, okay, we're going to put eight in the box every play and try to stop the uh, run because you'll get beaten in other ways. And by the way, Brock Purdy won in completion in that game, 20 of 21 passing, 283 it. passing yards and a touchdown. I mean, just unbelievable, uh, unbelievable efficiency by the 49ers offense. They, they could kind of do no wrong. I would never say this to start October, but Bill's Niners right now, I'm not saying they're on a collision course, but they're clearly the top two teams in the league. And it's fun that they're in different conferences. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it should be a lot of fun as we go through the rest of the season. Matt, do you have any big takeaways for any other games before we go? Um, Chargers pretty much handled the Raiders. Hopefully Herbert's hand is okay. Keep an eye on that. I mean, didn't have Mike Williams, didn't have Eckler. Um, I, 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 there are some Chargers fans that are mad about that win because they didn't beat up on the Raiders as much as they should have against a, you know, rookie quarterback, turned the mm-hmm. ball over Aiden O'Connell in there for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still in concussion protocol. Uh, Aiden O'Connell. Six sacks, by the way, we got to throw that out there. Yeah. They got after him and yeah. he turned the ball over twice, but they still only won that one by, by a touchdown 24, 17. So there's, there, there's some, there's some folks out there side-eyeing the chargers for not blowing out the Raiders. I, I still think his seat's a little warm and I don't love their defense, but Kudos to Khalil Mack. He's a, probably a Hall of Famer. He had six sacks in this game, which is bonkers. Um, good for Tampa. Are they the best team in the South? The Saints look broken. I know Carr was really questionable to play. Didn't get the ball to Alave at all, but they, th- they they completed 13 passes to Kamara for hardly any yardage at all. And Baker's playing well. 
Um, I know I just didn't want to forget about a couple of these games. Rams Colts was very competitive, you know. Yeah, an overtime game comeback. I mean, they the the Rams were up big, a nice comeback loss still, unfortunately, for Anthony Richardson, but you love the fight there. Uh, I think they ended up being like two very evenly matched teams watching it. Matthew Stafford getting really banged up here in the early going behind that offensive line. Uh, I, I, that's a little worrisome because, you know, that, that that's teetering on the edge and love the start from Puka Nakua, by the way, who, speaking of Matt Stafford, Puka, here's a good stat here that, that maybe we can end it with. Uh, Puka Nakua, so far, 501 receiving yards this season through four games is currently outpacing the two best receiving yard seasons in NFL history through four games. Those seasons were Cooper Cup two years ago, 431 at this point. Calvin Johnson in 2012 had 423. So he's got 70 yards on these top receiving yard seasons ever. Who's the quarterback for all three of those seasons? Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah. It's so different, two uh, different teams and yeah. You want to be Matthew Stafford's number one. He will throw to you. So I don't know yeah. what's going to look like once Cooper Cup does come back for Puka Nakua, and hopefully Stafford is able to stay healthy for that team for any of the receivers. But um, I think you know teams like the Colts and uh, and and the the Rams both are kind of just you know they're in that territory of the NFL where it's like okay they could beat you any week, but they're, they're, I don't think they're necessarily going places mm-hmm. right now either. Uh, and the. Uh, let us know at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Drop a question in the YouTube comments on Wednesday. We'll have our mailbag. If we didn't cover the game and the team that, that you wanted to hear about, let us know. And if you have any questions on it, we'll get into it deeper. The Titans thump in the Bengals. Bengals are officially in trouble, in trouble at one and three right now. Uh, the Titans beat them 27 to three. Crushed them. And Bengals defense isn't impressive. Their line's really bad right now. And Burrow's a shell of himself. T. Higgins, T. Higgins broke ribs. So, like, it's just one bad thing after another for them right now. It looks like one of those seasons uh, in Cincinnati. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Uh, Make sure you get those questions in for Wednesday's mailbag. Back with you next time right here. Peacock and Williamson.